Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall and was lucky enough to sit down with Team Dynasty's Ryan Greenspan and Yosh Rao, talk to them a little bit about their year so far here in 2012, the recent win in Germany, and uh, a little bit of the Dynasty heritage, and then also talk to them about jumping out of planes. Did I ever tell you that story about the guy falling out of the sky and bouncing? He's on bounce? Bounced. Human bodies bounce when they hit the ground. Well, do you think they were going to explode? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean... But, so, I was refing a, a game, and I'm looking down at this old-school speedball field, and we had this, like, treehouse perch to ref from. Um, so, it was, like, the cushiest ref, ref gig of the day. You know, like, you always like that game, because you could climb up and just yell at people from the treehouse. And then all of a sudden, we hear this scream of just, ah, <laughs> deep breath, and I'm like, what the oh, yeah. I look around, and I'm like, what? Whatever, I look at the other ref, and I'm like, where is that coming from? And I look up. And I just see this body with a half-open parachute just spiraling out of control in like a death spiral and then comes all the way down to the ground. And we're just watching this dude fall from the sky screaming. He's just brains out. And he's just... And we're like, look at each other like, holy shit, this dude is going to hit the ground. And sure enough, wham, hits the ground and bounces and then comes to rest. And then we just hear... And then we just look up and we're like, holy shit. And we look up and from the... The uh, the center where like the offices of the skydiving place are two dudes just running as fast as they possibly can. One dude smoking the other, and they're just like <sighs> just running as fast as they can. They like slide in by the guy and they start you know checking his vitals and shit. And then Damn. and then like a little while later, uh, the firefighters show up and I guess he lived. What? So, yeah, he lived. He lived. I like oh. to think that I would be the guy that doesn't scream all the way down. Yeah, I'd be like, at first I'd be like, oh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I start dying. I start dying. I'm going down. I you know what they should do? Do you know the suits? What could I possibly do? There you go. So Nothing. the suits that you oh. wear when you skydive, those should be like, some way you should be able to like, utilize those things like and like slow squirrel, yourself down. Yeah. Like you should be able to like, suit. unzip it and be like, the last possible thing, okay, mm-hmm. when your reserve suit doesn't open or when that thing opens, it's broken too. Your you could suit will, slow, will yourself slow yourself down. By like 20 miles you could slow yourself down by pulling this thing. I, I would be naked, <laughs> naked, tying these things in, in, in little bits and just holding it there, like, okay, I saw this in a cartoon. Uh, and probably you'd probably be screaming too, just because like I remember when I went when I went bungee jumping for the first time. I was like, I'm not gonna scream, like, you know. Well, when I when I went down, and as soon as you fall, like. When we're skydiving, because we've done that also, you know, you, there's no, there's no like depth perception, you know, you don't see the ground really coming at you. But those last like 400 feet is when you're like, the ground is rushing up at you, and you're gonna be like, it's coming. That, that's when you scream. Yeah. Like the little bits, you're like, oh my god, okay, what do I do? Plus, maybe you could be screaming. He could have been screaming the whole time. You just didn't hear him. But that's true. I feel like, like it's like, like scream until you're empty, and then another breath, and then scream. Well, that's yeah, what made yeah, us look up there. I mean, honestly, I, I didn't I had no, had no idea anything was about to happen until I just heard this banshee wail coming from yeah. the sky. What you need yeah. to do is you I pull your I'm... cell phone out and call the, <laughs> just call your mom or call away one person and be like, "Okay, son, are you in a wind tunnel? <laughs> Listen, you want to die. I don't have a lot of time." <laughs> Uh, well, when you guys went, you guys went skydiving in uh, South America, right? South Africa. South Africa. I'm sorry, yeah. South Africa. What was? Because that in South Africa, it's not like here where you gotta, you know, swaddle up to somebody and spoon to jump out of a plane. Well, no, you can do that. You can go solo because we went solo for the first time. And, and yeah, but here in the states, so you, you have to do. do you have, yeah, you can't no, do I that. Think as long as you take the class, right? No, you, you have to as long as you take the eight hour class. Or, really? no, I thought your first jump had to be well, that's random. Lame. That's what I thought. That's, that's so lame. I don't want to be strapped to anybody. Like that's what specifically what, what I said. Dude went batshit crazy that day. What if his girlfriend dumped him the night before? I gotta count on this guy to pull. The well, regardless, dude, you're sitting on him like a little baby, you know, Swaddled. and he's just on your back, like he's yeah. breathing in your ear. Oh, wait, man, you having a great time? No, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm attached to you. So when you went, there wasn't any of that. It was no. just jump out of the plane. We went, no, we went, there, was a long, there was a long class. It was like a day and a half long of. Well, no, it was a it was a full it was a full day. We got that extra half because we crashed a bunch. The second day. And so I think they had they to re- reiterate a bunch of stuff. It was like an eight-hour course. What do you mean you crashed? Okay. Well, you're supposed to get, uh, like, all the all the classes to jump by yourself. 
and then you're also supposed to get two jumps, right? No, I think we're only supposed to get one jump, and, sure. and then the I'm second jump sure. was cheaper. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we were signed up for two jumps. We thought. Well, Did you pay for these jumps, or was that part of the that deal? Was, that was part of our deal. Yeah, it was like we went down and uh, taught, a, taught a clinic for yeah. like a week, and so the guys down there, um, it was like the Reaper guys, they uh, they like hooked up this awesome trip for us. Yeah. That wasn't like we didn't say, okay, in the rider, we need to go scuba diving, and we need to go bungee <laughs> Not just scuba sharks, diving, whatever. it was like shark yeah, diving. Shark yeah, shark diving. They were just like, this is we got some Africa, fun stuff. we're going to yeah. fucking hook them up. And it was definitely fucking rad. Yeah, that was, that was the best That was the best hookup by far that yeah. ever had. Um, and so we did, the, we did the coursework, which was, I mean, it was a long time. It was a full day of, um, of these classes with just us and the instructor, James, who was, I mean, James was... He was a serious skydiver dude, you know. He was a, a bit of a square, but um, super. But, ideas but I mean, skydiver. you know, kind of comforting. You kind of don't want the guy to be like a loose cannon, you know. Yeah, million percent. Because um, all the other people that were like packing the shoots and stuff, we found out they were loose cannons that night when we all got them shit hammered <laughs> at like at the skydiving bar. They had a um, bar, a skydiving bar. Yeah, skydiving is like imagine paintballers, but instead of going. For the day to play paintball, they go the night before. They camp there. Like every weekend at a skydiving facility, I think is a, like a big game. Yeah, where like people just go camp, out, like they drink, cook out, they drink all night, and then just night. jumping all day the next day, jumping, jumping, yeah. and then spend the night. It's like a weekend trip, whether they live right next door or not. <clears throat> it's like these guys. They're it's like a serious culture. Yeah, they're like expert level, so they just <laughs> keep going up. Whenever there's a spot on a plane, they just keep going up and jumping. And I don't know. Kind of looks like. Uh, not something I'd be interested in, but... Well, I dated a girl once that was, uh... She's actually, I think she was on, like, the U.S. national skydiving team. I don't know if she showed me a bunch of pictures of her jumping out of planes in Dubai and, and a video of, like, the crazy formation, formation and stuff. stuff. Yeah, and I remember um, one time she was like, yeah, it's so crazy. I can't believe you, you do paintball for a living. That's just so crazy, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you jump out of planes, but, like, that's your pastime. Like, you're on a competitive team. Yeah, and I'm crazy. I think, I think sometimes stuff like that just happens, you know? Sometimes you get real good at jumping out of planes, or you like that a lot, and sometimes you shoot paintball guns at people, and you like that a lot, you know? It's pretty easy, though. Like, they, we went through this eight-hour course. Yeah, let me, let me, well, let me, I mean, okay, the course, very, that's very interesting. Course. Tell me about simple. jumping out of a plane. I want to hear about jumping out of a plane. Um, well, let me, okay. You're up there, and... Because Davey had a great story for this. Yeah, and, and everybody, and we went up in, like, in... in uh, one at a time, you know, with all, with all the people. Yeah. So I think it was like oh, one, they, one at a time. They had well, yeah, because, because because like a whole plane like, full of people. Yeah, but of our group, each one of us. Because there's two instructors that have to go with you. Because while you're jumping out on your own, sure you're jumping out, but you have the two instructors like holding yeah. on, like not holding like, on. Anyone. One guy climbs like, out the door first, and and is holding onto the outside of the plane, and is like, "All right, it's your time, come on!" <laughs> and then the other guy's behind you, kind of like pushing you towards the door, and you're like, "Okay." So you walk up to the door. And then the other guy like climbs out on the other side of the door. So now they're both outside the doors and they've got to hold you. And then they'll like, you know, count down to jump or whatever. Or they like, so you jump. Ten, and, nine. And, and they're not, they're obviously not going to let you like chicken out and be like, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm just going to ride this thing back down to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing <clears throat> yeah. So they just, they have a hold of you and then they jump out with you. And then they're with you, but they're just holding on with their hands, like onto a loop on your pack or onto your harness or whatever. Until you pull the cord, and then they just vaporize, you know. Yeah, they go. But they're, they're, they're there to make sure you're not freaking out, you know. Yeah, yeah, like. Bah! But but it's bah! it's fairly simple. Like you jump out, and it's really cool. And you, you have two cords, and this is just basically all it is is the, the checklist is make sure you pull the right cord. Don't pull your reserve chute first. Mm-hmm. Okay, as soon as you pull your thing, you, you take the little the little piece of PVC pipe, PVC pipe that you know connects the the chute. You throw that into your uh, jumpsuit, and then you look up to see if the the ropes are tangled, and then you grab onto these two little hooks, yeah. and you just kind of float around. And if they're it's tangled, you go easy. like this. Yeah, you just shake it around, and, and they kind of untangle. And so, like that's it. And they're like, okay, if it's tangled and you're you're freaking out, like try to untangle it by just shaking it around. <clears throat> if it's untangleable, just pull the the release chute, and then wait a couple seconds and pull your regular one. You know, the base the big thing is that you just can't freak out, and and that's why you have to sit there for eight hours going, okay, now what do you do again? And, yeah. What they needed to do is be like, okay, because after you're done with all this stuff, what they need to do is there's going to be a severe uh, 
a wrench on your groin and your nuts. As soon as you pull that thing, you're going from that 700 awesome. miles an hour to 10, okay? In, in an instant, all right? So be ready for that, Jules. <laughs> uh, the next thing they need to do is tell you how to land, okay? Because, you know, there's these flares that you do and you're supposed to time it perfectly. Like at, when you're about 10 feet off the ground, you're supposed to pull this thing. Uh, you're supposed to pull the two cords and you just kind of float on down. Well, none of us got that. They that didn't tell, was, that you, they was didn't the, tell you that. No, they no, did. No, they told you about but it, but you, they, they, they kind of glossed over that. Yeah, they glossed like over Like the big thing for them, I think this is why, because you're not going to die if you, well, I don't know. They, they I don't know. Pretty, pretty bummed at me. I mean, if you, if you <laughs> like don't flare perfectly, then you could hit the ground a little harder than you want to, but if you don't pull your cords in the right order, or if you pull, pull them in the wrong order, then yeah. I guess you could like lose the shoots that you want to have, you know? So they focus on that. But I think that the big thing is they... They just create this huge mental checklist for you so that you have some shit to think about while you're up there, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like driving a car is real simple, you know? You press one pedal and you go forward, you press another pedal and you stop, yeah. and then you turn the wheel to steer. Yeah. But, you know, you, you learn by, like, getting all this mental checklist so that, you know, you do everything exactly right and you stay within the lines and you always remember to check your mirrors and all that. Do you eight Right. Do you think that has, like, because we were having that conversation today about... Ian and the team and and uh, or just how like you know like Ian kind of came out of his shell in Germany mm -hmm. and then uh, but how you know it's 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 a little bit different if you have like a inexperienced player you can't let him freestyle as much you know it's like okay you got to go to the spot and you got to do this thing and then you shoot this guy and then you do this like because you yeah. kind of do give new players well, yeah, a little it, bit it's more a, of a it's, checklist. it's a little bit limiting you know because you kind of don't know exactly what you're going to get out of somebody when you put them in that position but um i mean you kind of need to know a couple things that you're going to get you know so you give them like this checklist like you look here if there's no one here then you wrap and you shoot at this spot you don't let them fill out you know and if everyone's dead on this side then shoot at this guy until he's not shooting at you or he's not gonna find you and then dive in the snake or whatever you know and it seems like you're really dumbing it down and when you do it that way it seems like well anyone could do it but that's not the case, you know, like it still requires a paintball mind and some good fundamentals. And mm -hmm. What would you describe yeah. as a paintball mind? Someone who's able to like, I guess, I guess a good way to put it as far as a paintball mind is, you know, how you kind of react under, under pressure. Okay. Cause that's the same thing when you're, when we're talking like how we all jumped out of the plane, dude, it was really easy, but some people freak out and some, that sort of thing. Like I'm not going to jump out of this thing and there's a really, there's a really good chance I'm not going to die. That's what the parachute's for. But a lot of people don't, don't realize that sort of thing. So like being able to reason with, with your situation. So when you put a person on the paintball field, you know, the giving that paintball mind is, is being able to how, how you handle that pressure uh, in the given situation, in the given moment, you know? Uh, and that takes yeah. a, that takes I, a I long think, time I think to the, develop. So for some right. people, yeah. uh, it's, like, it's like not forgetting the fundamentals yeah. when things are going on out there, you know? It's yeah. like understanding who can shoot you when you're in a certain spot, mm -hmm. who you can shoot at. Um, it's like understanding that you need to be communicating that situations change when you are up bodies or down bodies, you know, and then also understanding, I mean, the biggest thing I think is like understanding when you should be gunfighting and not gunfighting, you know, cause you can't possibly win every gunfight. So you have to choose when it's the right time to, and when it's not. And I think that's probably the thing that young players and inexperienced players have the hardest thing to, to yeah. deal with you know I mean like choosing to gunfight you know you got you got like some really fast athletic players that get to a spot they can get there consistently and then they choose a bad gunfight and they die and they're not really making a big impact in the game you know and so a paintball mind understands when it's time and when it's not and you know kind of what their job is and how that job changes as the game goes on and then and back to Ian like the one thing that I explained to him, because, you know, when we put him out on the field, specifically in Germany. Well, first describe what Ian did, because, you know, Ian had a really kind of breakout moment in a big game for you guys. I mean, right. like, and, your back was against the wall. Yeah, you back was against the wall. A four-point four margin, you're playing in the quarterfinals. No, uh, to it was, get in. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was it was in the prelims still, you know. And, and what I had discussed with him and, and the way I, I talked him through how to play his spot is because that snake side was a little bit different than most snake sides where snake wasn't that strong of a spot. So you needed to go out there and kind of hold out. And, and what I explained to him, and, and I had to reiterate several times, was, listen, you're not going in there. You don't have to think about winning the game or in, like impressing us or like doing something really, really you know, outstanding. You need to go in there and stay alive. 
Let the other idiots shoot at you. And as soon as they're done shooting at you, then take advantage of it because those guys are going to forget about you. That's, you know, one big thing I always, you know, reiterate in clinics too is just choose your gun, like what you're saying, choose your gunfights wisely. And, and instead of engaging in that and then possibly dying, then, then all of a sudden now, you know, our backs are against the wall. So, so after a couple, you know, points that Ian played, you know, if he got shot out, I was like, listen, why'd you get shot out? He's like, I made it to my spot. Uh, and then I came out and got shot. Okay. Well, did you need to come out? Was, was yeah. there, was there anything that important that you needed to come out and try to battle with your guy? And then once he understood that, he's like, no, I didn't. You yeah. Know? It was the type of field where, yeah. Okay. So you're, you don't really need to keep them out of the snake. Like it's okay if they get in there. And then once they're in the snake, you don't really need to like keep that guy's head down that much. You know, you can't shoot very many people and he really, the, the safest thing for him to do is try to post up down the tape. So if you get to the corner and he's in the snake, you really don't even have to gun battle him. Just if he knows you're there, then he can't do anything. You know, so it kind of makes the job a little bit easier, but you have to understand it, you know. And that's, you know, I think that's something that Ian showed. I mean, I don't think that we really got in the snake too much in mid-game and won mm -hmm. games, you know. It was more like to close a game out, you know, you crawl down. Right. You know, one Once everybody was dead on that yeah. side. And then, and then for that game, like we needed, we needed to win with a really high point margin. We needed to win with a plus four. Um, I think we could have made it with a in plus a race three. to five. In a race to five. Yeah. So we can. And only the, and the other, point. the other game that was going on in our division was happening at the same time as us. You know, so we were trading points back and forth. So there was no way we would be able to tell exactly what our point margin was mm -hmm. was going to be. So you need so to win big. A, a plus four was worrying. You know, a plus four is, is a safe number. Yeah. So, and, and you guys went down the first. Yeah, we lost. We lost our first point, and you know, just like we did every single match, uh, and then we we came back and said, "Listen, we have to." This that was our one loss, and then it came down to a to a, actually two on four, and Ryan Moore got pulled out for picking up paintballs off the ground, which is a rule over in Europe. That's a millennium rule. You can't pick up paintballs off the ground. <laughs> you were just just grinning. Yeah. a mile. So and the ref, the ref was just watching him. For real, yeah, more for real. I had no idea. Just like yeah. we would have. We had no idea. You know, like for real. That is ridiculous. Those guys came over. All those guys on Impact are great players, and mm -hmm. so we kind of did like before the first game, we did this like checklist. Okay, so these are the things in Europe that you guys need to remember. You know, like hand on your head when you're hit. Um, Got to have your ID card on you. Uh, you you know the European players a lot of them will run for the buzzer if it's like a one on one or something like that you gotta like guard the buzzer because they'll run for it guard the yep. buzzer this is and, great it's like a snare game yeah and, so wait, wait, but, but and, we and never on. even thought to there, think there, like, there, okay. people, and you can't pick up paintball well, well, people yeah. don't even buzzer I mean if it's an American crowd listening which is probably the majority of the audience um, well, yeah, instead so of a flag there's no, a buzzer there's on a buzzer, each flag right, yeah. center flag there's a buzzer on each flag station yeah. and if you can touch the other per team's buzzer on their flag station then you score the point you know and so you'll get these one-on-ones or even like two-on-ones where a guy will like just kind of work his way down the field and then when he start when he really feels good he'll just like make a run for the buzzer you know yeah. and sometimes they get mowed down like clowns and sometimes they get the buzzer and we've had debates over like okay <laughs> we had a funny one there it's a two-on-one you know like do you go and bunker the guy in the snake in his back, or do you just go like safely touch the buzzer? You know. Well, what was your? Uh, well, we were watching a game. We were watching a game being played, and we're like, "Oh my god, look at this fool in the snake! It's a two-on-one!" Like, and then some guy ran over there, and they kind of like bunkered the guy, you know. But there's a very good chance the guy in the snake could pop up and shoot somebody. Now it's a one-on-one, -on -one. and we're like, "Dude, do you go over there?" And the guy just looked like a clown in the snake, you know. He was just playing like super awkwardly, <laughs> and we're like, "Dude." How funny would that be if you came around on a guy like that and bunkered his ass, you know? And we're like, who, wait, wait, what would you guys do? What would you guys do? And I'm like, man, I'd love to bunker that guy just because we're watching him right now. And everybody's like, yo, we, we totally, we just fucked that guy up. And Yoshi's like, you guys are fools. I, I hit the buzzer, dude. Yeah, Don't the guarantee point. I, I was like, I think I'm like a, yeah. I think I'm like a touch the buzzer guy. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> guarantee. Just get the same point. Like, like, two, and then like, get, get to a big stand up. That makes, sure that clean, makes so much like, sense though, given how like, like does, the buzzer. Yeah, but Yoshi's always this solid, consistent <laughs> machine, right. and, and that's what like, go kill people, dude. Right, but that's what I thought. I was like, oh, you know what? Of course you said that, right? And then here it comes out. It's a two on one. Homies and let dude playing the snake, and I'm like. Yeah, Yoshi. Yeah, Yoshi's coming down the Dorito side. Yoshi's like the whole field away from him. 
Cruz down, and he looks over the buzzer, and then runs straight to the snake and shoots it in the ass like ten times. It was back It was you do a back handspring round off? No, you can't. Those days are over. You can't do the behind the back shots anymore. But it was funny because like it was like the exact scenario, dude. Exact, exact. And he was kind of running up there, like creeping up on the dude. Clearly, the guy didn't have a coach. And then you just went right behind him and smoked him, and then then hit the buzzer. What team was it? It was the Ducks. The Ducks. Actually, the Ducks were playing pretty well. They had Saban and Carl from Joy Division. Oh wow. Sabans yeah. and Carl are still playing? Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, Magnus is still playing. Who's he playing for? Max plays for like a SPL team, I think. Those are like the only Joy Division guys. Oh, and Maggot was there. Maggot was coaching Amsterdam Heat. Maggot's daughter's a model in LA now. Why does that not surprise me? Yeah. <laughs> Why does she that was on Swedish Half Kamal. Egyptian, half Swedish. Yeah, I haven't seen her in years, but I'm sure she's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah he's like, oh, I'm like, oh, she's a model now? He's like, yeah, you remember my daughter? I'm like, I don't know how I meet my daughter. He's like, uh, in like 2004 in Sweden, she was like this tall. I was like, no, I wouldn't recognize her. <laughs> she was, she was 12, dude. I know I wouldn't ever think that your daughter was would be a model at that point. I'd be a pervert if that was. Yeah, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I thought when I met your daughter eight, 12 years ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, back, back wait, what do you what do you think is more entertaining, the flag version or the buzzer version? I like the I like the buzzer version. You like the buzzer version. There's, there's honestly no point to have a flag, really. I, I, I like the buzzer because it creates uh, more variation in how you can end a game. You know, like with a flag, you can go cross it up. With, there's because there's, there's 20, a certain there's drama around the flag. If there's 25 too. seconds though, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, we can plop down in these two spots, and these guys can, they have to run a body at the flag. And if you shoot that body, then that means that even one of their other bodies that comes through have to run back and get the flag and bring it in. But if you allow everyone to just kind of run at the buzzer, you mm-hmm. know, then I think that it's like yeah. a, more exciting, you know, because anyone can can bust through either the snake side or the Drito side or up the center and like hit the buzzer and end the game. And and I like it too, just because it's like it immediately stops the point, and there, there's a there's a the focal points are still there. You know, and it's almost like you're scoring a goal without the ball. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just like imagine all you need to do is run to the, where the, the penalty box, the pit box is, or the, mm-hmm. the start station. All and you need to do up. is and just touch up right there, yeah. and that's game. Okay, so you're obviously not carrying a flag. There's no focal point on that. But then again, I still don't even know exactly what the protocol is when you get shot and having a flag. Do you stand there? Do, you, do I drop it on the ground? Do I lay it on the next bunker? Like oh, yeah. I've, I've been there and I've gotten shot and I'm. Either. I'm kind of just like hanging out, like looking at a rep, at the time. just yeah. waiting for a rep. I thought, like, is a dead man surf? I don't know what I'm supposed to do, dude. I think mean, like, it, it helps your team if you stand there stand and hold there. it. Unless you're the last person left, then you try to throw it on the ground, like in a, <laughs> yeah. in a pile of paint and try to blend in to so the other team. Can't. <laughs> yeah, they can't find it, yeah. yeah. Or burn some time off the clock. Like, yeah. I don't know what, I honestly don't know what the protocol is. Like, do the I have gets, to? The flag gets rehung. I think if the dude gets shot. See, I don't. But how long they haven't that, never done How long that. does that take in a game? You know, like does the ref you know, run over there and he the grabs it and kind of be on it and meanders over there? If your teammate is like by the flagpole, can he touch the flagpole and simulate that he's grabbed the flag and run it to the stage? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, why not? Just grab. Mm-hmm. grab I, don't like, I, don't like, I think Maddie's just kind of sure to rip the flagpole. Maddie's got the rule book up in the up in the the announcer's box. Yeah. So like, I don't know what what are you supposed to do? But anyway, I think the buzzers are right. The buzzers are cool idea. But I mean, it's a little bit of I mean. How do you like the race to five? I, I, it's, it's the same as the race to same seven, thing, dude. Yeah. It's just, I mean, shorter game. Yeah, just, just a little bit shorter. You can be over. There's ten balls a second too. Like how do I like that? You know, when you do like a shorter game, like race to five or race to four or whatever, all that does is it makes like mistakes or penalties cost you more. You know, so like if you get a major penalty, then you lose that point. That each point means more, but I mean, if there's no penalties going on, then it's just a normal match, you know. It's not, it's not affected by anything. But the race to seven or like just a, a time thing, isn't affected by like a referee's bad call as much, you know. Like a referee's bad call, as we've, as we've experienced in Europe, sometimes can cost you that match, you know. Um, whereas if it's a race to seven or, um, you know, just a time limit with no no cap on the score, then you can overcome things more, you know, because you can kind of push the pace a little bit more. No one's going to, like, score out and knock you out. Yeah. I just, I remember, like, because when it first was a race, too, it was a race to nine. Remember that? Where? 
in the PSP. Yeah. It was a race to nine. And, and, uh, and Infamous won that legendary victory with six dudes in Phoenix. In like Phoenix. One John, was race to nine? One yeah. Race John to Richardson nine. was on his deathbed. John mm. Richardson was so sick, he couldn't even go to the field. He couldn't get out of bed that day. So that's their best player. They lose their best player the day they have to go play on Sunday, and they win a race to nine against, I believe it was the Russians. I do remember that win. I didn't know that was race to nine back then. Yeah, and it was just like straight Iron Squad, just over and over and over and over, and over again, just like running nonstop. It was like awesome. That was race to nine. That was one of the most dramatic games I've ever seen. That was one of the best paintball games I ever watched. But um, but it's just interesting because it's all the you know the different formats and a lot of people don't know what the European formats are you know I mean they don't mm-hmm. even know it's ten balls a second or a race to five or yeah. that there's buzzers and you can't pick up paintballs off the ground and you can't pick up paintballs <coughs> off the ground why did they have that why is that okay so I I asked and because uh, I was like well, you need to change that rule it's retarded like that makes no sense but the reason they gave which is I guess I want to say probably the most valid reason I've ever heard come out of the the Europeans mouths was. What if you accidentally pick up some loose rocks while you're digging around? Well, they don't call it rocks. They say, what if, you pick, up, what if you pick up a stone and yeah. put it in your monitor? Loose, loose stones. And, and stone. you could, you could get stone. that thing out and it could, it could shoot out of your gun <laughs> and hit somebody in a vital place and you could injure them. That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> now, crazy. What I said was, uh, I'll, I'll tell you right, I was like, what I, what I said right was, I was like, listen, we're not in a rental field. I'm not going to accidentally pick up some rocks. I'm trying to pick up paintballs to win the game. Yeah. And then, then what Ulrich told me was, uh, he's, mind you, the, the, head, the head guy, because the Millennium's rules govern so many different events, you know, it's like, you go anywhere, Millennium Rule, it's like, you know, modified Millennium Rules or whatever, yeah. maybe. All over Asia. Yeah, all over South Asia. Africa. Yeah, South Africa. Australia. Uh, Australia. All those places have these Millennium Rules. So, you don't know if the Division 4 team or someone from Poland is going to accidentally yeah. pick, accidentally do what the pros probably wouldn't. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been in Malaysia and there was, a, there was teams competing in whatever division, like Division yeah, 5, using rental stuff. using rental tickets. Yeah, so, so, so that is a possibility, happen. you know. But I'll tell you right now, those fools didn't read the rule book, you know? Right. Those, those guys don't know the rule book, but the ref will pull them out if he sees them picking up paint. Yeah. And then what he also said and was... Moorhead was like, well, if I wanted to shoot stones at something, I would just load it in the pit area. Yeah. Load a, I would just load a pod full of stones. Yeah. And, and, and load then, it up and And what he also people. said is, he's like, listen, and what I told him was, I don't want to put rocks in my gun. That's going to you know, break my shit. But then he said, there are some players out there that are malicious enough to do it on purpose and be like, oh, I'm going to go bump this. I'm like, really? You really think the guy's gonna be like, let me shoot all my paint out so I can now can't defend myself. Let me pick up a rock that I, I found on the, the ground. I just wanna find this perfectly yeah. shaped stone. I happen to find oh, a yeah. stone on the ground in my bunker, so I'm gonna shoot all my paint out, I'm gonna put this one rock in my gun so it loads into my barrel, and then I'm gonna go bunker the guy in front of me and take him down. Like I said, is that do you really think that that's gonna be a scenario? Absolutely, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah I hope absolutely never, I hope that not. never happens to me. <laughs> I don't think it will. The rock's gonna get stuck in your gun, you're gonna look like a fool and I'm gonna shoot you a bunch. Like that's what's gonna happen. And if it does come out, what is it going to bounce off my goggles? Like the go- the lenses will take a rock. Oh yeah, Dude, unless, John, unless John Gregory back in the days, days, like he used to call it the John Gregory. T- I can't remember. I think it was called the. I don't know. It was definitely the John Gregory test. But as soon we did as that the, at Rosa Park. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we did. The impact guys were out there. We put lenses up on yep. the tree and we shot them with a the twelve gauge. Yeah, he'd get it back shot. from the factory. No problem. Yeah, he'd get it back from the factory and he'd be like, they'd be like, all right, these are ready. And he'd be like, well, not yet. And he'd grab his fucking twelve gauge shotgun. Dude, I got a shotgun right here that we just. Put together. Yes. Let's let's blast one right now. Let's test it out. Let's test. <laughs> let's blast one. Where, where do you think we should aim it? Uh, backyard towards the neighbors that hate us. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But um, <laughs> it, well, there's some funny rules over there, you know. Yeah. And it's a little bit. The format is a little bit different, and you know those small differences definitely um, can make or break you, you know. And that's why, like, when you go over there for the first time, you usually struggle. Like the Tampa guys, you know, obviously they're a great team. They went over in San Tropez and they struggled because they were getting penalties for play that they would normally be playing, you know, just fine over here. But, you know, some stuff is a little more strict or there's some weird penalties that they weren't. Is it still crazy where, because I remember the first time I met the Swedes and then we ended up playing on the team, but they were just the most best, most badass referees on the planet. But any other time we go anywhere else, I mean, and particularly France, we would get just boned hard in France by calls sometimes. I, I think, is that, it, I like, think the refs are pretty good. I mean, you know, you go on... They have to, an array of refs, refs now. They have <clears throat> people from all over the, the continent. Yeah, I mean, you go to, like... So it's like PSP where it's like a pro... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have, like, the, the guys that are consistently on the CPL field, which mm-hmm. is the pro division over there. 
and uh, you know they're all they're all pretty good. I mean, if anything, they're like sometimes um, a little too strict or hard headed, but that's okay if you're a ref. You know, like yeah. that you're doing your job. And if they act up, yeah. punch them in the face and break their nose. I was gonna say, didn't uh, what's his name? Hugo. 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 Yeah. I heard Hugo was getting just shafted left and right, and decided that he had enough and just walked over and just punched well, ref. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how it went down, but I think that uh, Hugo's action was a little unwarranted. But at the same time, he was kind of getting boned. But it was a paintball game, and he ended up well, smashing the dude's nose. Yeah. I mean, well, Marcelo and I mean, Hugo. Snicko told and and who was uh, else was it? And you. Me. You. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, Hugo's a great guy. Like, yeah. you know, he's a super nice dude. You know, he's, 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 been, playing, he's awesome. playing for he's been years. In forever. Hugo is he's always yeah. like, which what, that's why I was like, yeah. okay, well, what happened? Because Hugo was like the nicest guy ever. He still is. So, yeah, he still and is. so he is the nicest he, guy. You ever. know, his team isn't the strongest anymore. You know, it's not a strong team, and and they're playing in the CPL. They're playing in the hard divi- in a hard division, and they're not necessarily CPL players right now, but they're they're trying their hardest. And when you're not a great team. You know, but you're still kind of trying to hold your own, and then the refs just kind of give you some shitty calls. I guess I could say here and there. You know, like you, you can get a little frustrating. You know, because now they're, it's kind of working against them. Yeah, it's uh, frustrating if you feel like this might be our chance. This might be our yeah. tournament, and then you get a back And you're spending a ton of money. So spending a ton of money to be there. You're like, you ruined our one chance. You know, mm-hmm. whereas if you're if you're like on an established team that wins a lot or gets to play a lot, then yeah. you're like, ah, oh, you ruined our. Our chance, but we got another chance next year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so like he he came off after getting like a one for one, and he was just like you know like ref, you know why are you giving us these calls, you know? And he would kind of like I guess grab the cor- he grabbed like the corner of the dude's jersey and kind of shook it. It was like but ref trying to get his attention like why are we getting these calls? And the ref immediately turned over to him. It wasn't like he was physically, you know. Yeah. He kind of gave like a almost like a friendly little tug like hey hey, hey buddy yeah over here hey and talk to me first. And the ref immediately said give me your ID. You're suspended. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Give me your ID, you're suspended. So they suspended him for that match, but in between each point, because like, we were actually pitting up that in the next one, I, I was sitting there watching Hugo, in between each point, was trying to get the ref's attention by saying, excuse me, ref, please, excuse me, excuse me. But the ref wouldn't even give him the time. Yeah, he was very polite. Yeah, he was really he was polite. Like, that he point. was standing at the railing. He wasn't going past mm-hmm. into the ref's area, and he was actually saying it like that. Like, like yeah, please, excuse please. me, ref, please talk to me. I, I want to understand, like, please, just... There's time right now. You can talk to me for a second. Just Why am I being suspended? You know? uh, and then the ref didn't give him the time of day, so then at the end, I, when all the refs, kind of after the match was over, the refs all go to their little little pit area, and Hugo went over there and was like, Why am I suspended? This is, you know, this is bullshit. I felt like we were getting blah, 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 penalties. And the ref gave him a, a smart-ass answer like, Ha, ha, sorry, shit, ha- shit happens. And at that point, he was pretty pretty fired up pretty because the guy, the guy didn't give him the time of day beforehand. Like, you know, I'm sorry, or, or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And then he said that, and Hugo just belted him in the nose. Um, got him pretty good. Got, got him pretty good, <laughs> you know? And then sometimes, like, refs get a, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to take total sides on anything, but, like, sometimes refs feel like they're a little more entitled than they should be, you know? And, and they got to realize that yeah, people same, are spending same money. Same way players do, you know? Like, yeah. sometimes people go get a little too big of a head or whatever, you know, whatever side they're on. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how this guy was acting, but it was enough to make Hugo, who is normally like a really, really nice guy and a good guy for paintball and a good guy for European paintball, mm-hmm. really. It has been for like yeah. ten years. Pushed him to pushed him to the point where or more didn't want to take it anymore. You know, lashed wow. out. Wow, that's crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, I hope that and it was kind of yeah. I mean, yeah, I hope it works out good for everybody. But Hugo's our buddy. But yeah, it was kind of like he played on Dynasty. It was, when it you was kind of like lost over. He used to play in Dynasty, right? right? In, in well, Europe, he gave he he played with one. He played one event with us, like yeah. as like a he's, like a, he's, a, he's always been he's like, like an honorary member guy over there, you know, like help him out when we can, and he always like he'll help us out. I mean, he's got a Dynasty tattoo on his arm. That's pretty tight. That's pretty solid. Do you have a dynasty tattoo on your arm? Uh, I do not. Do you have the world yeah, on your you chest? I do have like that. Yosh yeah. and everybody does. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Do you have one of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Ryan and Alex and Oliver. Me. Have just a giant Earth tattooed on your chest. Uh, well, it depends on how far. It's like a couple. Yeah, it's yeah. like Earth from like several thousand miles away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it still costs Alex. I mean, it's like pretty five dollars. It's right? pretty tough. Yeah. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it hurt. I almost cried. It hurt bad. Oh, I got it. I don't think I'll ever get another tattoo. <laughs> Not after that. Who has those tattoos? Uh, Alex, Yosh, Oliver, myself. 
That's pretty tight. Pretty it's the, well, yeah, I mean, it's the dynasty. I mean, we're in a gang. Yeah. It is the dynasty tattoo. For sure. I don't know what kind of gang you're in, but we're officially jumped, jumped in and tattooed in. No, 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 gangs currently right now. When I'm, uh, when I'm out of the gang, I might have to get it lasered off. Because <laughs> I don't want to have any repercussions so, later on my. So how do you guys feel about Chicago coming up, man? I mean, you guys just came off a win in Europe, but it's, you know. Well, yeah, the, the win was really good. <laughs> I mean. But it's half you guys have yeah, done, half exactly. uh, impact. So, so we take, like, the PSP really seriously. We take the NPL really seriously. When we're in Europe, we take it seriously, but we don't practice for it, you know. And we went over there with a team with half Dynasty guys and half Impact guys, and Impact guys are good, you know. Like, it's no, it's not like we went over there with half a squad. I mean, those guys are are good. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, the guys you bring over there, Ryan Moorhead. But at the same time, it's not, you know, it's not like we were grinding it out for two or three weekends before, and you know, having conference calls and phone calls about rosters and game plans and. You know all the details. It's just kind of we, we we went over there and we had fun and we played and we won. You know, but one big thing that did happen was that first of all, Ian really stepped up, which was a big boost for I know Ryan and I. You know, because we've we've been here trying to coach him along and seen him progress. And you know, I, I feel like this was the biggest step. You know, he played in the finals. He played the whole tournament long. He had a couple of big moments. You know, he was out there um, without his dad, so it was just the three of us, you know, from the Dynasty camp, and it was really fun. Um, and he's still young, man. I mean, yeah, he's 17, 17 years old, you know. Uh, and the other thing is that we came back in every game, you know, and that was that was a big thing. I mean, we, were, we lost our first point pretty much every match, um, and against, like, probably the most difficult team that we played against, the Art Chaos, which is a lot of the Russian Legion guys and Heat guys, um, we were down three to zero, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a race to five. And we were down three to zero, and we ended up beating them four to three. You know, and that was <clears throat> that was a. I mean, that was a pretty big moment. I mean, the last time we won a tournament was the NPPL Chicago, and right after that, we went to the PSP Chicago, and we lost in overtime to the Russian guys. You know, and we haven't won an event since then. And I, I don't want to say that that event like has cursed us for a year, but it's been a year, you know, and for, for Dynasty, that's untypical, you know? Yeah. So it was Especially nice. because it was, you guys won so many events in a row last right. year. Right, you know, that, it, it was it was nice to kind of break that, and we hope that we can go forward and, you know, just keep kind of flying with the confidence that we have, and it was also nice because it's not like we were playing a bunch of chumps, you know, like, we played against the Russian guys, you know? I mean, those are, those guys are good, and we beat them, you know, and we came back on them. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and uh, it was also interesting how you did it because, you know, Ryan, we've talked about this because, you know, of your blog on Painful Access, but, you know, it's it was a really kind of crazy game because you guys went down three points mm-hmm. and then you changed your game plan mid-game, uh-huh. which you hadn't really done, and, and you guys needed somebody to go up the center, and Ryan was saying, mm-hmm. you know, you were like, All right, we got to go up that center, and you were just like, I'll do it, because that's your job mm-hmm. now, essentially, is like, you're the utility attack guy, because everyone else is doing other jobs. Yeah. So you're kind of like the free body, in a sense, you mm-hmm. knew right away, okay, well, shit, that's me. You know? Plus, I would have rather been up there than in that, that can, because <laughs> and I talked about it, he's like, Ryan's like, you know, she's like, just go, just, can you go to the can? I'm like, yeah, fuck, man. All right, and then I went there, and like, it sucked, and then the next time, he's like, all right, how about we send you up the center then? I'm like, okay. He's like, you want to go to the can first? I was like, absolutely not. I'm just going to run straight up yeah. there from the back center. I was, like, I was like, dude, I think the can's good. He's <laughs> yeah. like, no, I'm just going to start in the back center. And then like three seconds after the game starts, I'm just going to run right up to the center 50. I was like, perfect. Go get him, buddy. Go get him, buddy. And I was, I mean, I was stoked that Ryan wanted to do that job, you know, because, I mean, to be in that center 50, it's it was like a giant center M, which is basically like, Two center fifties in the PSP stacked together, two giant towers, and also two race bunkers, and it's all just jumbled together in there. You know, so I mean, it, it requires, yeah, I mean, it requires some finesse to like understand what you can lock off and when to, when you need to pop up and when you need to defend yourself and you know like what what you need to find. I mean, I was I was so, I was stoked that Ryan wanted to do that, you know, because I knew that he was uh, probably the most capable guy to do that, you know. And then when it started working, I mean, I was I was really surprised, and I know Ryan was really surprised <laughs> that they didn't. There were a couple of spots you could make off the break, 
and just look inside and not allow anyone to run up to the 50. And, uh, and they didn't do that. Yeah, they never, they never, like after it worked two times, like pretty successfully. Yeah, we're like, I, okay, we, like, we might okay. need to change it up yeah. again, you know? These guys are for sure gonna look for yeah. it, and they never did. And they didn't, and we got those two more points, and that was it, that was game over. Yeah, because yeah, at the end it was like a minute and 30 seconds left, and they needed a point, score yeah. three at that point, because you guys had run up four unanswered points. Mm-hmm. And, and we also got like solid play by our other guys, you know, like we were getting kills off the break. Like I think we shot yeah. those snake well, off the break. Well, that's what Ryan said it because I, I was know, like, like, well, who, like who Zach, was like Zach and Tim and Zane. Yeah, I mean, every, everyone was playing really well. You know, yeah. we were getting kills off the break. Morehead was getting into the Doritos alive, and you know, in the games we needed it, he was making it down there. And well, because that, that's that's what Ryan games. basically said. He was just like. You know, when we were talking about that game, you were like, yeah, I mean, I got up in the center. I'm like, well, were you just murdering dudes up there? Or like, you know, who's, who was killing people? And uh, and he was like, well, I mean, yeah, I tried a couple guys, but basically, like, I'm just, you know, I'm a thorn at that point. So, yeah, I'm getting some some Gs, but every, that enabled everyone else to just go to town. You know? Yeah. It took pressure off of, like, all the all the surrounding guys because, yeah. you know, I assume their coaches said something about it, you know, at least on the snake side. So it kind of freed up our snake side because the other dudes were kind of looking for me. Um and, was and, it tough in there? I mean, were you getting a lot of pain there? Or did you have to, like, play some crazy-ass... Well, yeah, because you're just, like, cramped up in this little thing, and you know that, like, if if the other dudes know you're in there, they feel like they could just just cruise in there, and it would just be like, I'm waiting to get shot on the top of the head. Plus, <laughs> like, I can't... I'm not, I don't have time to, like, turn around and see who's alive behind me. Yeah. So I'm kind of just listening for our guys to talk, and every so often I hear Yosh, but I also hear, like, what I thought were refs going out, you know, like... <laughs> and I have no idea what's going on, because I'm going to make sure that the dudes don't pass by my lane and whatnot, and so, so I don't know what's going on behind me. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that out while you know trying to hold yeah. my zone, and then hopefully no one shoots me in the back here or there, or whatever it may be. So it's definitely hectic whenever you play in the center. Yeah, absolutely. if you have to play down on your knees, and you know everybody who's shooting kind of like across field, anybody who shoots across the field shoots through the center. Yeah, there's pain constantly. I was going to say, whizzing whizzing by, just like, whizzing like, in you're not re- getting, a, you're not getting a lot of information from your team. You know, you're basically collecting all the information yourself, mm-hmm. and then trying to figure out what you need to do. You know, and uh, I think that we did well enough off the break where they didn't have that extra body to run up the center and bunker Ryan for the most part. So mm-hmm. Ryan was allowed to just be in there and be a thorn and kind of figure out what needed to happen. You know, what, but that's but it's interesting though because being in that center. I mean, a lot of people don't know what that's like, man. I mean, but like the, like you were saying, with a big, a gigantic center structure like that in a clutch situation where a lot of paintballs are whizzing in, you could be getting shot from two inches away on the top of your head at any moment. You know, it's it takes a lot of that paintball mind that you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier to, to kind of succeed in there. So, yeah, Ryan would be good, a good guy for that because, you know, Ryan, you've been in those pressure situations your mm-hmm. whole time. You know, and it, it's just, you know, so that being said, I mean... So you guys ended, you took down Art Chaos in the semifinals, and then you go and play uh, Frankfurt Syndicate who had the home crowd, and you kind of beat the brakes off them a little bit after it was one one in the beginning. But then you guys, yeah, it was one one, yeah. And there were a couple other close points, but I feel like it know, wasn't that close. You know, yeah, I mean, wasn't. and and like I said, the, the cool thing that we we just we described, and I and I kind of wrote this down in my blog. And the cool thing we figured out was they watched our our. They for sure watched the game before that, and they saw how we scored those definitive four points, and that was like break out, start a normal break out, go up the center, attack the center. So, so what we ended up doing is like we agreed, let's not go up the center for the first point or two, and and then let's like completely yeah. trick them, and then once they think that we're doing something different, then we'll go up the center. Yeah. Um, which was kind of a cool idea, I thought, you know, which is something that we don't always do. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing, you know, like I feel like. Again, the best competition for us over there is are probably the Art Chaos guys, you know, because they play all over and um, they've got really talented players. And I think like our strategy against Syndicate worked well because it's like easier to fluster players like that, you know, where if you don't do what they expect, then they're like, oh, well, shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit. What are we supposed to do now? And then you can go right back to doing you know, your normal thing, and yeah. at first they expected you to do that, but now you mind-fucked them, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of funny, we actually didn't go up the center one time against them. Yeah, we didn't need to as much, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but that's what you said. I mean, you, I remember, you know, we were talking about your blog, and it's like, you were like, yeah, look, we knew they watched the game, you know? We knew that Syndicate was going to watch exactly what we did, mm-hmm. and so you guys altered your game plan again, so it's like you guys were playing the chess match real well. Yeah, I think we did. You know, mm-hmm. and it was funny because I spoke with with Pat, which was one of our good friends from that team, and he was like, 
I, we went up. I was looking for you in the center, which was kind of cool because they, they were looking for me to move up the center, which meant there was no pressure straight ahead for our snake guy and for Ryan. Ryan was up in the Dorito. He's like, I had no pressure getting into the Doritos. Yeah. And it was because their guys that were on the Dorito side were looking for the center, the center move. And he was working. You know, Morehead was working his way down there. Yeah, it was tight. And, and I could just we could just hang out. We were out bodies a lot. You know, that made it really easy. Yeah. So you guys cruised with the victory essentially. Yeah. Uh, I think we, yeah. it was five one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's look back real quick. You know, you guys came, you know, Galveston was craziness because of the storm, um, you know, almost shutting the tournament down. You guys played some good games against some teams from the lower part of the, of the pro, you know, PSP pro bracket. And then you guys played real flat on, on Thursday, um, heading into Phoenix, which was, you know, Galveston. And then also then going into Phoenix... Didn't really look so hot, you know? I mean, that's kind of, I wouldn't say flat necessarily, but just, you guys got stuck in the back bunkers. Just, I didn't see a lot of of what I normally see out of your team, you know? I mean, you have so right. many weapons, and it just seemed like you guys weren't using your weapons. Now you're coming off this win. Now, that being said, I mean, yeah, you guys are like the brain, press of the, brain trust of the team, of course, with, you know, Mike and Alex and Oliver. I mean, there's a lot of, of cooks in, in the Dynasty Kitchen, but what are you guys kind of thinking going into Chicago? I mean... It's kind of a big event for you guys, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the PSP is the major leagues. You know, you guys have an awesome team. You have amazing talent. You mm-hmm. know, with that, have, that have won tons before. I mean, there really hasn't been any sort of change necessarily. We got Mouse back. I mean, Crunchy's not playing anymore, right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, he was kind of hit or miss in Galveston. Played a really good day, really bad day, and he'd been out of the game for a while. But so then you take Mouse is taking his spot, and it's like God. Mouse last year, beginning of the year, was like arguably the best player in, in the world. So, I mean, what's going to change? I mean, what should Dynasty fans be looking for? Because, you know, I, I just think there's so many tools at your disposal and it didn't seem like you guys were using them so far this year, you know? Well, I just think that one major mistake that we made um, for the Galveston and Phoenix field was that we got really rutted into, um, like, this style of play or this game plan that we liked, you know, that was giving us some success. And, uh, and... You know, I mean, things happen in a weird way, but sometimes you practice something that works really well, and then you go to the tournament and it doesn't work at all, you know? You might be practicing against a team that, um, you know, a certain thing is just dominating the shit out of them, and you go to the tournament and no other teams were playing against your, against you like your practice team, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way it felt. We weren't freestyling like we should have been. You know, there's certain guys on the team that, really really excel when they're allowed to just kind of go out there and attack and do whatever they want you know and um and, and we didn't and we didn't do that you know we we kind of started to adjust to that but it was it was a little bit too late we were playing against some softer teams by that time and you know we won handily but it wasn't enough so i think going into this next event we're going to just make sure that we press um press the idea of more variety more freestyling, you know, like get guys playing together that are comfortable with, you know, I'm comfortable with this guy playing next to me and doing whatever the fuck he wants, you know, like I'll I'll play with Oliver, I'll go to this can and I will shoot at this guy for the entire game and let Oliver do whatever he wants, you know, and, you know, there's going to be a a lot of other spots like that too and it's just going to be, I think, playing more aggressive and trying to kind of push our pace, you know, I mean... We were playing very reactive paintball, and that hasn't worked well for Dynasty pretty much ever. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think <clears throat> like you said, the variety. Also, just just our tactics. <clears throat> like we got into that rut of, uh, and, and what it came down to is our our Galveston squads. You know, one squad did substantially better than the other, and we had two different tactics. We had two different game plans. Squad, you know, Yosha's squad played a little more reserved, slower game. And and our my squad with Oliver and Crunchy played a little bit more aggressive, but that definitely bites you in the ass if your aggressive ones on each side, uh, you know, if, if it get, if they get shot or if it doesn't work, so then you're kind of on your heels immediately. So we kind of all adapted a more reserved game plan and kind of came up with the idea that that's that's kind of more or less the way to to play the field. And and I and I think it just kind of got ingrained in our minds, and, and we didn't have like you said the variety of, of plays. Uh, we we weren't <clears throat> um, I, I, we weren't not necessarily aggressive enough, but we just didn't we just didn't have the tactics to like get the, get what done what we needed to have done. 
and, and, and a lot it, of those it, that comes from an openness from mm-hmm. like from honestly like player one through player ten and the coach you know I mean it's not just Mike's decision obviously he's in charge when we're in the pit and uh, you know he generally does a really good job but I mean he's got he's got to be feeling the vibe just the same as every other guy on the squad says too you know like when you're feeling the vibe like okay we can go out here and you know I'm going out onto this squad one two or three it rhymes the quarterback and whatever play he calls I'm going to feel super confident in it you know whatever Dalton wants to do next to me I'm going to feel super confident okay Dalton where you want to run you want to go there okay what do you want me to do cool I'm going to do that you know or vice versa and it's just about like feeling that with everyone you know and that was something we didn't really have Mm -hmm. and I think practicing more variety and practicing with you know not just having this like really cookie cutter type type like reactive or defensive or let's just kind of like I'm going to go to this bunker and shoot across field game plan is really going to help, you know. Well, and also it's interesting too because, you know, when you look at the statistics from Phoenix, I mean, when I, when I first saw the, the statistics from Phoenix, I was actually shocked because I remember opening up the file, I see the information, I look at it and I'm like, holy shit, Yosh is the number one player from Phoenix. I wasn't expecting any dynasty guys in the top ten, honestly. From just and these are just for the the stats from Phoenix, just the player rankings. And I looked at it and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Yosh is the number one guy." And then I looked at the numbers and I was like, "Not only is Yosh the number one guy, he's the number one guy by ten points." To put that in perspective, for the season totals, the top ten players are incredibly close. In fact, some of them are within hundreds of a point, you know, or not hundreds, but tenths of a point. Right. You know, so it's like it's a real close race for the number one spot. You know, with three events left, that's going to make it real interesting as things play out. But that being said, I was like, "How is that possible?" Then I went back watching the games. I looked at, it, I thought about it, and I was like, "Okay, well," and it was interesting because you know there was the four top dynasty guys were actually pretty high in the rankings. You know, like top twenty-five, I think. I'd have to go back and look again, but it was you. Yosh was one by way by huge margin from even the closest second place guy. And then it was you, Ryan. It was Alex that was the next one, then you, and then Oliver. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I was like, well, Oliver didn't have a terrible now. She got, oh, and this is the thing, like, it's like, you know, we talked about this. Right? Well, we, it's like, we, it's like we Tony wouldn't hit 400 right. when the we, Padres. We looked sucked. at it, and we, I think we all thought that we had a terrible event, you know? Like, I don't think anyone thought, like, man, I played really well. What happened? You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think that, I mean, the fact that I ended up being the number one stat guy is. That's cool and all, but if you look, I mean, my games played was something really low, you know? So you're taking a very small sample size against, like, guys that played in the finals yeah. against different competition. Totally. And, you know, there's got to be some measure for that, too. I mean, I was super surprised when you called me and said, guess who's the number one stat guy? <laughs> and, like, you know, there's, like, a twinge of, hey, that's kind of cool, and then, like, an even bigger part that says, nah, that's probably not accurate, you should probably, like, have someone go back through and hit the recalculate button, and then there's also, like, the disappointment factor, you know, where it's like, okay, this is, like, the whole deal with statistics, where you're like, you know, how much do individual stats really matter, and obviously for Phoenix, they didn't matter that much. Well, it depends, though, because if you look at, so then the next interesting tidbit about that, the stats, was that you know, we had a situation where it was like, um, you know, where, okay, so Houston Heat, perfect example. Houston Heat, I thought their guys would have been, you know, incredibly high. And uh, and they definitely had, you know, especially for Phoenix. But, you know, I mean, they had, the reason why Houston Heat is so good right now, the reason why they took second in Galveston and first in Phoenix is that, they have guys across the board stepping up, which is, which is, strangely enough, why Dynasty was so goddamn good for so long. And the reason why you guys are still good, you look at your roster, and at any given point, somebody could have a game. But the difference between could have a game and actually having a game is kind of substantial, obviously. And that's why they're at the top right now. And you guys are middle of the pack. But, it, it, but the thing is, is that, you know, when you look at the stats... It's like, okay, well, they don't. They have some standouts. Yeah, some guys higher than others, but the reason why none of them are at the very bottom or none of them at the very top is because across the fucking board, those dudes are handling their shit when push comes to shove and when one of their boys dies. So if Fedorov gets shot, now Monville, who's a name that has always been kind of, he's always been a support player, you know? I mean, he always played on big-name teams with big-name guys, and they got all the shine. 
and Monville never really get talked about much. And now he has like arguably the clutchest shot of the year on Britnikoff when they're pushing in on him, and he's got to win the point, or the you know it's either going to be tied or they're going to win, and he makes the shot. You know, and like so, not only did he play pretty consistent. I mean, he had some bad points, but he had some great points. But man, he had some phenomenal points. You know, like the one he just runs through and shoot three guys, and then Fedorov hangs the flag. But but the thing is, is another thing that was interesting about the stats is a lot of people when the stats first came out were like, well, where where are the Yosh Rao's and the Mike Paxson's going to sit? You know, like that's messed up. They're not going to get their you know their uh, their due, their just due. But because your front guys were struggling, because you know look at it like. Mouse didn't have a great tournament. Dalton didn't have a great tournament. Alex, who's still at the top, he was playing some counterpunch paintball because he had to over there, and I'm just, he's been so goddamn consistent over the years. It's just amazing. But but still, you know, it's like you were forced to have to kind of like, but that's you, though. You know, you do that all the time. You're real consistent. You know, whether you guys are up points and you're just shutting dudes down from the snake side, like in the X-Factor game in Galveston, when X-Factor was coming in on you guys, and you, you know, and we, we talked about this when we first looked at the stats, and and I was like, yo, honestly, you know, no bullshit aside, how do you think you played that point? And Six you, minute gunfight. Yeah, and you were just like, and you and you were like, and I, you were like, looked at me, and you were kind of like, no bullshit. I'm like, yeah, dude, like it's just you and me. Like you can say whatever you want. You were like, like I played it as best as it fucking could be played, you know. And I was like, I thought the same shit. And it was, uh, it, it, and so, but, but it, I think it just it's interesting because you guys. Obviously, you're having a good year. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Ryan, I'd love to see you in the front more. I mean, the one point you played up in the front, and I know you have all the... I mean, Dalton's amazing. Al Mouse is amazing. Alex, obviously, is amazing. You guys are amazing front guys, but you started your career as one of those guys. I remember when we wanted to pick you up with Ironman. I remember this like it was yesterday. We were playing on a hyperball field in SC Village for a practice. You came out to scrimmage with us, and you had somehow gotten your like some unbelievable spot, and you were tiny at the time, but you were like staying alive on the other side of the field, and that was the first time I was ever like. And I remember after that game, I was like, "We need to get Ryan on the team," you know, and uh, and that's how you made your name, you know. And now, obviously, you're skilled enough to play anywhere. You can play the back corner, you can play in center, you can play up front. But do you sometimes want to get back in the mix? Because when you get up there, you do well. I mean, you went up right. to the center in, in Germany and played great. You, at <clears> one point, you played front. You're running down the rear side shooting people. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I mean, I want to. <clears throat> I want to play. The thing is, like, and, and I found this is kind of like my my position. And I feel like is yeah, I, w- I want to play wherever is going to benefit the team the most. And and what's happened is it's kind of like whatever spots left over, it more or less, you know. Uh, but it, it's it's hard to say. Like, what, what am I going to be like? Uh, you know, Oliver, you know, sit this one or, or Dalton. Like, those are the guys that play on that side. Mouse, Alex, uh, whoever we have, Zach, sit this one. I'm going to run up there. You know. Uh, I, think that's some, I think that's something we're going to yeah, try to get away from. We're going to try to get away from it. And, and I think that, yeah, I, I've definitely, in a couple of those games, you know, and I can play in a lot of these spots. Uh, but we have other guys that are that are also good at that. And now do you, do you put someone who's, you know, if their skill set is the best in this position, do you, do you move them out to another position just so I can play that? No, I don't think so. I think I, I'll just kind of fill, I'll, like, again, I'll fill those spots and, and just kind of support everybody else as best I can. And if, if the game quit playing calls for, for me to go in there and, and try to do whatever needs to be done, then, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best at whatever I can. Uh, but, again, like, I, I want to do whatever's going to help the team the most. And, and if that's running to the Doritos off the break, then sure, I'll, I'll do my best doing that. But, but again, like Where do you said, feel most comfortable? I mean, obviously, you probably say, because you can play anywhere, honestly. Right. You, know, like you, can, mm-hmm. you, can be, you are a back center guy. You right. are a like when when people asked you what your spot was on the field, like when you had to fill that out at the beginning of the year, what did you say? I put mid okay. <laughs> or insert, you know, like, and that's the thing is like, and I, and I also kind of like, I like to think that that in that insert position, because people ask what is that exactly, and it's it's the the ability to play and insert yourself into if plan A is working, then I'm going to go up there and I'm going to I'm going to help clean up and I'm going to try to get those loader shots behind our guys. If plan if if it, we have to go to plan B and C, which is we lose a whole side or we lose whatever. Then I'm going to do my best to fill over to that side and play, you know, whatever may be the snake side or, or the Dorito side to the best of my ability, you know. And there, there'll be some games, and, and it happened last year. It happened actually in in Phoenix as well, where it was like, all right, we got a penalty or, or whatever it is, uh, or someone, you know, uh, someone can you know, turn around. Uh, Ryan, you're playing over here. It's like, okay, well, I played it twice in practice, and that was just because someone else wasn't ready. Like, are you sure I should go out and play the Dorito corner? You know, in the in the game against uh, it's so that, we, that, that like that we just because it's just, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's just when I'm thinking about your team, it's like 
okay, yeah, like Mouse is phenomenal. Right. Like, that guy is a specimen now. He's, you know, obviously had a really kind of terrible event in Galvis or in Phoenix, but regard, he needs to shake that off. The guy's mm -hmm. phenomenal. We yeah. know that everyone yeah. knows it. Dalton, standout year last year. He's really involved in his own. These are some amazing players, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we're thinking about, like, what experience brings to the game, what time behind the gun brings to the game, you know, you doing what you're doing, obviously, you know, numbers don't lie, you know, you're holding your own this year, and then some, you know, I mean, you're, you're basically like the prototypical back guy. Now, you, on the other hand, Ryan, dude, it's invaluable to have a guy that you could put anywhere on the field at any mm -hmm. time. Like, I mean, there's, those are, having like, a guy like you and a guy like you, I mean, mm -hmm. that's how you build a, a dominant paintball team, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, absolutely, but the, and that's the thing is like, you know, you said, all right, well, you did so well up in the front up there, you know, and, and I like to play, I like to think that I wasn't doing shitty, you know, in, in the other places I played, and and do I go up there every game then? Is that is that the new game plan? Or do we, do we you know, trust in the, the guys that we have to do those jobs? Well, you got to, though. And, and that's so the thing good. is like, we yeah, have, yeah. like, those guys are good, dude. Dalton is good. Like, Dalton's I think he's, he's going to do great. Does. I'm not going to take his spot. Yeah, you know, like, and all, and that that my, the spot that I played that one game was that was Oliver's spot, you know, like, but we're rolling we're, the dice a little bit, yeah, yeah, and nice. would put because if you if all of a sudden I'm seeing you know because you know it is it's like teams get into certain modes, people play certain spots. I mean, you know, you're not going to run to the 50 yard line snake off the break, you know, so people kind of know where you play. But it, you're, for you, it's kind of like okay, we know what you're just going to do, but you know, try to stop them. You know, but at the same time, Ryan, with you, it's a little different because if so you guys did work in some sort of chaotic, interesting game plans where it's like, holy shit, maybe they are going to send Ryan up the drill. Who knows? You know, I don't know what I'm going to get. What, and that's the thing. You guys have so many versatile players. Like, Oliver's very versatile. You're mm -hmm. very versatile. Um, Alex is very versatile, though not as versatile because, you know, he's such a good front guy that mm -hmm. why would you want to take that? Especially, like, I, I think that Alex, honestly, and this makes complete sense, is probably the best counterpunch paintball player that exists. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, his ability to read a field, see what spots some like rookie front guy just made, and then go run that guy down and blow the snake side open for mm -hmm. you or whoever yeah, yeah. else to come by is just that's amazing. And he's doing an amazing job of that this mm -hmm. year. But um, but I just I think that might help the team a little bit, you know, because then it's like, well, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what right. going to do. You know, it's like we talked about um, earlier in the conversation. You know, we just we need to promote and create more variety and have people playing a lot more spots and freestyling more and being more comfortable with playing different spots and playing with different guys, trading roles. Yeah, like you know? saying freestyle, yeah. That's I, mean, that's, I mean, that's going to be a big part of our success, and that's always been a big part of our success, you know? Like, at any, at any given time, you could look up, if you're playing against Dynasty, and, and see any one of the guys in the 50 or on your side of the field, you know? And, uh, and, and that's not the way we were playing, you know? And there's... There was a small string of events that that we didn't play that way, and we're going to get back to that. You know, I mean, you can rest assured we've got a couple weekends of practice coming up for Chicago, and we're going to be throwing bodies everywhere. You know, and I think that that's I think it's going to show in the event. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Well, I think that's pretty much it. I don't know. Is there anything you guys wanted to talk about, or anything funny stories you got or something? Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, wanted to go ahead and thank our sponsors, you know, because they're the reason we're able to travel around the world and have a great time and, uh, and try to kick ass. Uh, Empire, <clears throat> RP Share Paintballs, uh, Eclipse, you know, with our, with our Egos and Geos, we have a, um, both Dynasty-branded Geos and Egos out. Uh, I'd like to thank Camp Pendleton for letting us practice at the field. It's a great facility. Uh, I'd like to thank Gorilla Air for the, the tanks and regs, you know, uh, CP for our barrels. And any of any other sponsors that that you know want to hop on on board, you know, go ahead. <laughs> you can find us on our our website and stuff like that if you want to go and sponsor Dynasty. Also, anyway, thanks a lot. Also to our fans, everybody's listening. You guys are awesome. Uh, you know, not really. I mean, I just I got a really good feeling coming off of the Germany win. You know, it was really fun playing with the Impact guys. Those guys are really fun to hang out with. Good players. Great guys. Um, we're definitely really proud of Ian. He stepped up big time. You know. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the Chicago PSP. I mean, we have, you know, Germany wasn't enough. We definitely have something to prove when we need to get back to the top, you know. And well, the Chicago PSP is, that's going to be the place to showcase it. Yeah, I mean, the whole world can see. I mean, that's, that's the best thing about that, you know, is that it's, you know, everyone can see what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's just going to be interesting, too, because with... I, I, you know, you guys have played 
you know, like you got all those close games. You go down bodies. You have all these close games uh, at this last event, but you know, and kind of like you allude to this in your blog, Ryan, is that uh, I mean, people hear about your wins. You know, I mean, Dynasty has so many wins. You hear about this over the years, but you know, people don't know how many like really close scraps you guys have had to get to where you are. I mean, the only reason we're even sitting and having this conversation that you guys get to like travel around the world to play paintball is because you won some goddamn close paintball games over the years. You oh, know? Yeah. And you're the team that no one ever wants to let in on Sunday. You know, every time there's always like, oh, okay, who's going to make it? Oh, well, X-Factor's on the bubble, Dynasty's on the bubble, oh, Dynasty's on the bubble? Oh, shit, man, we don't want to put, let's make sure they don't get in on Sunday, you know, because it's like you guys are that historically, like, pushed against the wall team, so you guys are backs are kind of against the wall right now. I mean, you did just come off a win, but you only had two of your Chicago players there, mm-hmm. you know, and this this ridiculous roster that you have, and the same roster, essentially, that won five events in a row last year, um... You know, so, so yeah, so it, it's just it's I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys play not only in Chicago and we do have three events left. There's Jersey, there's World Cup, so I'm really, I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, what what would stop you guys from winning the out that I mean this year? You know, like honestly, you yeah. know, I mean, the damage is amazing, but they fell flat in Phoenix, and uh, and and Houston Heat obviously is looking incredibly consistent, and there's a lot of other good teams out there, but. You know, I, I just think that we really haven't seen what you guys bring to bear so far this year. So that's what I'm really looking forward to see you guys play in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then also, um, do you guys have like like Ryan? If somebody wants to get in touch with you to do a clinic, where would they go? Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can go uh, you can go under our website dynastypaintball.com. Uh, my name's under the contact list. Uh, you can go uh, message us on Facebook. You can message us on Facebook. Uh, we both have fan fan pages: Ryan Greenspan and, and Yosh Rao. <clears throat> just look for the athlete page. Like us, if you like. Yeah. Um, San Diego Dynasty, obviously, you can follow us on there. Uh, all of my events that I'm playing throughout the year, I think there's another 20 or something like that still <laughs> scheduled this, this season. Because, yeah, you're going to South America next week. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Brazil next week. Uh, Kate, Kate, stay away from that whole... The new the new Chagas disease. Yeah. You know, I read about that. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> exciting. Um, and then next month, I'm going to uh, Venezuela, Italy, and Puerto Rico, like back-to-back three weeks in a row. So that'll be pretty busy and fun. But yeah, you can follow all that stuff on, on there. I have a blog set up on Tumblr. It's uh, ryangreenspan.tumblr.com. And on Paintball Access. And obviously Paintball Access publishes a lot of my blogs and fun fun activities and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you can kind of follow, I think, Twitter. You can follow. Do you have follow, a Twitter? I do have a Twitter at ryangreenspan.com. And you can, I always put up quotes of the day or, or just funny tidbits. Not a whole lot of Paintball information goes on there. Uh, sometimes it does. <clears throat> but um, you get some sort of funny stuff going on there every so often, and uh, and yeah, that's that's all my social media. <laughs> uh, that was on. like five. I don't know. You might have to, you might have to rewind media. that a little bit to to follow a lot of the stuff. So, so Yosh, I mean, you have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, like you know, he has Instagram. Tumblr, and I'm jealous because um, I still have a block spot. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I got a lot of stuff that I don't use, but uh, <laughs> the, main, the main thing is you can uh, email me or. Reach, reach the team through your Facebook or through the webpage and uh, and uh, you know we- well thanks for listening to the Real Deal podcast brought to you by paintballaccess.com and there's a wealth of content on the site there's videos from the past events there's player statistics we have stories and blogs from the top players in the game make sure to like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter you know, that way you guys can stay in touch with all the news and events in the paintball world and to find a local event near you make sure you check out pspevents.com there's tons of affiliates all over the world so whatever level of paintball you happen to be playing at even if you play rec and you want to get into the game uh, you definitely can find it on pspevents.com also make sure to follow me on twitter and instagram maddie marshall sd and let me know who you guys want to hear from on this podcast and if you like the podcast make sure you tell your friends about it so we can keep doing this so thank you guys for tuning into the real deal and be sure to listen in next week